0: Hello, my name is Angela Cox, and I am the Mindset Mentor. And this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now, my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success you'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies, and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share, and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening, and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. guest today is Mike Beecham. Now, he's the managing director of Davenas UK, and that's a company that's renowned for producing high-end hair care products with a real focus on ethics and sustainability. Mike has a strong track record in the industry, and I'm really looking forward to finding out what makes him tick. So, Mike, you're on lockdown along with me. How are you doing there in London?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're coping. Thanks uh, very much, and thanks for having me, Ange. Appreciate it. Yeah, as I often tease my wife, it's I consider it a victory. I'm still married. I'm still allowed to stay in the apartment, and I don't have to join Alcoholics Anonymous. Although my kids are suggesting it maybe maybe soon. So there we are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fabulous. But we're good. We're good. You're not Thank Not in you. the doghouse just yet. <laughs> Love <No>. it. <laughs> Now, Mike, I know that you've listened to the podcast, so you will be prepared uh, for the fact that the first thing we do is have a shake your pom poms moment. Um, (laughs) And this is all about you being able to celebrate your own successes. I'm a true believer that we don't do this enough. So I want to give you the platform to share some of your best moments, your proudest moments. And if you can give us three, that would be marvellous.
1: Okay, I'll I'll give you three plus the precursor. The precursor is is the easy part. Uh, I, I as I said, I knew in a heartbeat uh, that I'd met the woman who who was going to define love for me. Um, her name's Tony, and uh, she's been a, the constant in my life, along with three great kids who um, Tom, Taylor, and Megs, who all live in Sydney, Australia. Wow! So there's the first. That's the precursor. Beyond that, and I think. I think successfully navigating our um, immigration to New Zealand, which can be a very traumatic ex- experience, which is something we did in, in the late 90s from South Africa, where we were we are all born. Three young children, no money, no job, just a determination that we needed to make the move. Um, and looking back, I have to say, I, I do th- still think to myself, what the f- were you thinking? <laughs> um, but it was a life-defining moment, a, a beautiful country, amazing people who really opened their arms to us and I still get emotional thinking about it. So a very proud Kiwi. Mm, um, uh, number two, I think probably in New Zealand, a, a, after a very fast and wonderful rise in my career at, at, at Wella and it, the subsequent sale of Wella at the time and then me realizing at that time that my time had come, I, I think one of my great uh, achievements from a business point of view, I think would be, would be being able to bootstrap, build a multi-million dollar business in this industry to become number two in New Zealand, and something I'm very I was, I'm very proud of. Yeah, uh, a massive rush, learned heaps, learned lots about myself uh, personally, about life, just an incredible ride. And I think, um, finally, the uh, third one, third pom-pom would be being asked to move to the UK, into London, uh, amazing city, an amazing country, a- amazing brand, in mm-hmm. a beautiful industry, and and have the seen the last five years develop into a, a successful, cohesive business, which is we've grown five times where wow. we started. Um, and again, that's been an amazing, amazing journey. I'm very grateful. Yeah. So those are the three. If those are my pom-pom moments, there you have them. So.
0: They're amazing. I mean to do it once is is big enough to do it twice in terms of moving to a whole new country a whole new culture is is just incredible but I think the first one is the one that's that's really standing out for me in terms of having young children at that time and as you say no job no money how on earth do you make a decision to do that because there must have been so much fear involved
1: on the one hand, just plain stupidity i'm sure you know ignorance is is, is, is truly a wonderful thing um, and without getting too too serious about it I, um, I, I from a, a fairly young age, I was determined that uh, we would leave South Africa that we w- would find a life for ourselves elsewhere and my parents pushed me from the time that I understood politics that that was something that I, sh- I should consider doing i'm I'm very fond of of South Africa and uh, even with all of its prop current problems. But I, it took me 11 years to persuade, that should be the fourth pom-pom perhaps, to persuade Tony that we should leave her family and mine uh, and, and, and seek life somewhere else, especially with a one-year-old. Uh-huh. Uh, and when she finally said yes, by the time she had finished saying yes, I'd mentally pack my Where bag, <laughs> um, regardless job or not. And um, yeah, we left our home, we left everything behind. We, couldn't, we hadn't sold our house And, of course, that affected our ability to take cash with us, um, uh, funds with us. But I was absolutely certain it was going to be the right thing. You know, that that worked. I'm not sure it was a calculated risk. I knew the the risk. But I felt that that risk had to be taken, and it's worked out fine for us. So it's, um, yeah, as I say, I look back and I think, whew, that was a big decision. Uh, was but a big it was decision. a real
0: gut feel that was driving you to do that. And, and I think that's often the case, mm. isn't it? When something is so scary, if you've got that gut feel and you've got that end goal in mind, you find a way and you found a way.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, my great lessons in life is, is to never allow fear to, to determine your, your decisions. Uh, you have to face the fear. I think that's, I think for all of your listeners, I think for all of us, perhaps you and I also, I mean, how many decisions have we made because we were scared to? Mm -hmm. Um, And if we had decided to rather than not to, we would be, um, uh, you know, we may be in a different place, both of us. Um, So.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I like the way that you humbly say that you're doing fine as a result of these huge moves that you've made. I'd say that you're doing more than fine. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you talk about this kind of growing the business five times here in the UK. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about your career first before we delve into those deeper questions so that people have an understanding of of what you do and, and how you show up
1: okay um i suppose my, my life uh, i can i can easily put it into two two parts if you like or a game of two halves uh, i think you know in terms of uh prepping to spend some time with you and once again thanks for for, for having me i i realized that the my dad said uh, from a very early at a very early age i remember dad saying to me you know happy is the man who finds his vocation early in life it didn't sit particularly well with me um uh, because I had no clue what I wanted to do <laughs> nothing absolutely it's all right if you know. <laughs> I had a couple of mates who were determined to be a doctor and, a, and an accountant um, uh, I, I hated them accordingly um, uh, you know because of the, uh, of the of how assured they were in their decision in in my case I knew it was going to be something creative I thought maybe perhaps graphic design perhaps journalism something creative my mum was a theater director um, oh. and I grew up. In and around theatre for many years. So I, I, I thought that was going to be the case. So it was no sort of planned attack, you know, so I'm sorry to disappoint those people who are looking for that. Uh, I, think <laughs> one of, I think it was Scott who mentioned, I think it was, he said, uh, something like a staircase uh, sort of progression. Oh,
0: staircase mm-hmm. three, yeah, Not yeah. so much for me.
1: So I ended up befuddled around. Uh, I worked in classic marketing uh, and then advertising for a number of years, where I could actually find a mix of both commercial and, crea- and, and the creative in that space. But I wasn't really happy, to be honest. I wasn't truly really happy. I arrived in New Zealand, and the second half started, uh, the second half of the game. Um, you know, the first half, I'd spent all this time trying to work out what the game was, what game I was playing, uh, what the rules were. Uh, who the competitors were, and then suddenly the, the the whistle blew for the start of the second half. I'd arrived in New Zealand, I and I joined Weller, and and it was a seminal moment for me. I, I to this day I remember lying in bed with, with with Tony one morning and literally pinching my arm, saying, uh, "I think I think I've just arrived home," not just in, in a New Zealand sense well i felt immediately at home but i felt i'd found my industry i'd found my voice i'd found something i could contribute to uh make a make a positive contribution in i felt just a a wonderful sense of of belonging and all the pieces kind of fit it it was a uh, and and suddenly i was in a rush and i as i still am to make that contribution to to be of service, to um, uh, to try and dr- drive uh, this thing called beauty, which is so important. Uh, is I think it's Dostoevsky who says, you know, beauty will save the world. Um, it's been oh, a wonderful God. industry, a wonderful industry, and, and it's been very, very kind to me. And I, I hope that I have repaid that kindness.
0: I've got uh, goosebumps oh. listening to you because it's just so real the way that you describe it and really beautiful actually it's you're a great storyteller and and you can feel like I can really connect with the feelings that you've had and and it's made me interested to to know more about what drives you so you know you've realized all of this this success you've taken a team with you on that journey you had that pivotal moment when you knew that you'd arrived
1: Mm. and what's
0: driven you since then to to be in the rush that you talk about
1: well, the, the rush part is suddenly. I think, uh, you know, look. I spent the first half wondering what the hell I was doing. Gee, I better make up for it, you know. And it's a it, very, it's a very, it's a liberating thing to be able to go home at the end of a day and feel somehow that um, you're looking forward to the start of the next day um, and what it may bring. You know, in an industry full of of people who are so are. are are uh, Kinesthetic in the way they in the way they think and 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 learn very uh, you know socially emotionally tactile uh, in what they do and how they operate and and I just I've always just felt that I have been able to make a contribution to that because the one area of, of professional hairdressing I think we we were all a, a, in the industry we would acknowledge is that um, we are taught like bricklayers and carpenters to. <laughs> either lay bricks and, you know, sort of cut wood, if you like, or in this case, cut hair. But no one's really taught how to run a business. And I think for us as as an industry, uh, as a supplier to the industry, and for me as an individual, I believe I have a duty of care um, um, without sounding too arrogant to offer a business support in that way to help people understand how to be better business owners, not just great hairdressers. So, I think, in terms of what drives me it 's a simple thing really i i believe i 've got heaps t- still to learn and discover heaps i 'm very self competitive and i say self competitive because i am i accept i 'm very i 'm a very competitive person, but the person i compete with most is me that drive uh, that, that 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 to challenge myself along the way I do believe i 've got this positive contribution to make I love mentoring i love achieving and com- uh-huh. competitive again. And I've still loved scaring the crap out of myself. So it's, um, <laughs> forgive, forgive me for the crassness, but it's, I think that, that, that desire to want to test myself beyond yeah. my known limits, to go into my discomfort zone and be almost drawn there uh, with a, uh, it's, it's a fierce feeling uh, to be drawn towards it, which I know my wife thinks I need to see someone about. <laughs> But I think, um, but it I think, think it's very, it's,
0: like that's a,
1: <laughs> but that's a huge driver for me. So um, as long as I feel that I'm, I'm, you know, that I can still raise my hand and make an, and, and make a contribution, I'm all there. Yeah.
0: It's fascinating. It's fascinating to hear that you will be driven to go to your discomfort zone as you talk about it. And that tells me that you've probably learned lots of lessons along the way. So are you happy to share some of those with us and, and how that yes. shaped?
1: To. Sure. Lessons along the way. Um, well, yeah, I think uh, 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 along the way it, it goes back to to, to the things I want to leave behind for my kids, uh, things that I would I'd like them to, to consider uh, when I'm long and gone. Is uh, not to look back. It's important, really important, to look forward. I think I got that from Dad because looking looking back is important uh, momentarily to to I think understand the degree of 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 success. The length of the journey the uh to take a quiet moment of, of reflection but ultimately you know we, we have a life to live um and i love living by the concept of just this idea of one life you have one life uh you know have it uh, use it make the most of it i think one of the great life lessons for me um along the way is not to listen to others when you need to make the if you like to when you want to make the big decisions. The decision for us to to emigrate to to New Zealand, all our friends said to us, "Oh you're nuts, you've got no job, what are you doing?" And then the, immediately thereafter are the same people saying, "You're so lucky." Um, you go, okay. Um, then of course we moved to the UK and of course all our friends said, "What are you doing? going to the UK you're nuts, yeah. okay, and then you're so lucky. I think these decisions that we've made um, along the way as a couple to explore life and uh, um, has included in me, uh, I accept, a degree of, of restlessness um, about seeing life or viewing life and wanting to view life uh, through eyes of one, to have this, to to hope I, I, and my curiosity is never sated, it's, that it's it's never over, that somehow or other, uh, you know, there's always something around the corner, which is going to delight me, teach me, uh, make me broader, wider, better as a person. Um, so I think those, if, if you like, a, a, a my Gulliver's travel kind of idea of, of life, I think those are the major life lessons that we've learned along the way. And that the, other, the ultimate one would be that in my case, certainly, um, you can't do it on your own um, I have a, I've, I have a, I have a selfless wife, <laughs> um, a pa- partner, mate, a soulmate, and you know, I, I really couldn't have done this without it. So you have to be strong as a couple, and I think living the life of an immigrant, which is ultimately what we've done, if you could, you would like, uh, it can make you or break you, and it certainly made us. Um, uh, you know, it made us along the way
0: what an incredible lesson that is to pass on to your children. And I'm going to pass it on to mine as well, because I love the way that you've coined it. Um, let me just get it right. So around the corner, there will be something that will delight you. I mean, yeah. that is just incredible. That idea that there is always something to hope for, always something to be optimistic about. It's, and, sure. and for now, while we're all in lockdown and, you know, facing into the situation that we're in, it's a beautiful thing to, to get hold of and, and remember Um, And obviously talking about your children, three children and they're living in a completely different country to you. How does that go? Uh,
1: With a great deal of difficulty. We are currently very heart sore. It's to be fair. We miss them and we miss them more because we know we can't see them. You know, you miss them, bless it, when you know that you can, if you want to get on a plane or get them on a plane and meet somewhere in the middle or where, or wherever, or wherever. But knowing we can't see them in the, at the moment and not being sure when we can see them does make us, uh, does make us very sad. But technology is a wonderful thing. You know, there is this, there, this. Uh, I think there's this growing uh, acceptance amongst us, isn't it, that even in our apartness, technology has allowed us to be closer.
0: Isn't it wonderful?
1: Um, you know, this not just with the kids, but reaching out to friends, old friends who I haven't spoken to for a long time. I have time uh, to yeah. speak to them. But uh, we talk to the kids heaps. Uh, I think they wanted us to keep them entertained and once in a while lubricate their wallets. Um, accordingly.
0: <laughs> <Bank> of-
1: <laughs> uh, I think I, I, I'm still amazed at just how brilliantly they remotely control how much money is my bank account. But, um, <laughs> They, uh, but but yes, we 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 get, try and get to see them twice a year uh, at least. Uh, they all have their own careers. Uh, two of them work for the same company in in, in Sydney, and the, and the third is studying at the moment. Oh. But um, yeah, we miss them. We chat to them often, and uh, can't wait to see them. Hopefully, at the end of the year.
0: Nice, nice. I can, I can imagine that it is really tough. I like having my children close at the moment, so yeah, I can, I can really relate to what that must feel like. Now, obviously, you run a successful business, and um, one of the things that I'm interested in is how successful leaders deal with pressure and stress, and what mm. tips you might have to pass on to other people in terms of. You know what you can do when you're in that that environment when the pressure is on.
1: Well, I think uh, one of the the questions I think you you prep questions you gave me was you know how do you handle adversity, uh, you know, and what lessons um, you know you might you might carry forward. Perhaps it, I'll use that as, as a starting point in uh, in answering your your question yeah. for you. I think I have been able to build certainly build a, a, a resilience uh, around working in different environments and dealing with uh, different. People from different cultures. I also have, because I am South African by birth, I carry with me a, a certain, um, if you like, heritage with me, and I, I need to couch it carefully. For me personally, and I'm not speaking for South Africans at large, but a certain, a, a great deal of sensitivity to to to, uh, to culture, to the the issue of racism, as it were. Um, as it's as it is right now, and and my place in in understanding when I when I can and when I can't make comment around those issues, given my my heritage and my and my background, but those have all helped me uh, in in the game in, in the second half of the game, as it were, to to be much more aware. I'm a very self-aware person, but to be very aware of others um, and their needs. So I think, in terms of of uh, how I managed to look after a business uh, with with uh, stress and pressure, I'll go back to a really good example. Uh, would again another perhaps massive moment brought on me, and that was in 2010, 11. You know, we had these a series or of, of earthquakes, two major earthquakes mm-hmm. six months apart, and some of my greatest business lessons were le- and life lessons in uh, were learned then. In how in in the aftermath and how to how I had to deal with that issue, I lost in the, in, in literally, I lost a quarter of my business uh, in for, in possibly what was forty five or fifty seconds in terms of a shake. I had to consider that I had staff who whose husbands, wives, other significant others, had lost not just their jobs in that in that moment, but also their houses, and their homes. Staff who and colleagues who were living 13 or 15 people in a three bedroom house because they had nowhere else to live, camping in gardens and you know, in the immediate aftermath. And understanding that everyone deals with stress in a very different way. Um, and I think that's the greatest lesson I've carried into this pandemic now. I think I've really been able to draw on that experience, but to, to understand that I needed to have a great sense of humanity to be truly empathetic truly empathetic to, to the needs of others, to accept that I couldn't possibly please everyone, to uh, to learn to forgive myself for having to make some structural changes immediately afterwards, I had to let people go uh, my, myself. Uh, so it was important to be kind to myself at that, at that particular time, but to understand that as is now in terms of this concept of leadership, the same was there then Then, as it is now, and that is, people want in in leaders. They want certainty. They want uh, they want honesty. They want the brutal truth. They they want to be shown an idea of hope for the future. They want to know that it is going to be okay, even if now isn't okay. They they want to be given an idea of by holding their hands and holding each other's hands. We are going to get to to that to that new sunny day whenever Mm -hmm. whenever it is. I also learned uh, in the process that there are some wonderful gems that come with it. My business was transformed in that moment. In the first instance, by losing my business, uh, 25% of my business, but a year later, given the forced changes I had to make, was that my, my business came out a year later was twice as strong. Uh, wow. it, it grew hundred and something percent in the year, in the year post, post the earthquakes but understanding um, the needs of others taking time to listen to be present for these people for these colleagues who depend on you so to be strong even when you're not feeling strong and i think in in those sorts of moments you have to you have to hide those doubts and those fears you take them home with you and you deal with them there they need they need strength and they need certainty and i think even in this pandemic you know i have some staff on on, on currently on on furlough uh, which I feel very so about, even as it is now, um, and I understand the um, the responsibility that I have to them and to our industry, and to believe that there's going to be a a much much uh, may be different, but it's going to be an, an exciting time for us, the new normal, whatever it is, and that we are all going to be able to make a contribution to it, and how we're going to do that. So. Um, there's some, there have been some really good lessons learned, um, in that period of time. And also now for me personally, I think living and working as an entrepreneur where the buck stops entirely with me, it's my business, it's my, my equity, uh, my funding, my nervous bank manager, <laughs> um, uh, you know, as we built our business on the one hand, and then moving back into a corporate life, uh, if you like thereafter, um, I sold my business, I moved back into a corporate life uh, working for Davenas, which I was the exclusive distributor for in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So hence the relationship there. But also then learning what I could bring back with me into corporate life and what I had to leave behind. And leaving behind those things was, has been very difficult for me. So I've had a couple of really good, positive, sometimes um, difficult conversations with my CEO in, in, in Italy uh, because uh, prior to me joining the company, um, I was his client, <laughs> and then I <laughs> then I had to learn to be his 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 employee, and and but we have a very very healthy relationship, very healthy relationship. Uh, I admire him greatly, and I think I like to think the the feelings is mutual. <laughs>
0: I'm sure it is you have such a way with words honestly you do and 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 it's really it's really nice to hear you talk about being kind to yourself in all of that because you know as an MD as a senior leader in any organization there are often such difficult decisions to be made and particularly now I think and you know in the midst of this pandemic there are people as you say being put on furlough and how do you make those decisions but but this idea of being kind to yourself, I think, is key and not enough of us do that. So it's really lovely to to hear mm. that you're saying that. And I guess it leads us on to the whole essence of your own personal well-being and mindset and how you keep that healthy.
1: <laughs> uh, I was hoping you were going to ask me this because I'm not good at this. Um, of course you okay. are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're, I'm... I'm you probably gather by now I'm a kind of all or nothing kind of guy right so I'm either in or I'm not if I don't have an interest uh, I won't waste your time and I won't waste mine um, but if I do have an interest I'm in uh, I'm all in and the same is <laughs> same thing has applied to my health mum uh, my mum's my late mum's name was Jean and I teased her mercilessly at this notion that she gave me bad genes and, <laughs> and, and, and and uh and, and of course as a result of it i have to work on my health so i took up riding uh cycling and uh many years ago and moving to london it was a hell of a shock for me in in one sense and that i you know in Christchurch i was spoiled uh, 10 minutes uh, on the bike and i'd be talking to sheep out in the hills uh-huh. um, you know and all the sheep are friendly in new zealand and and of course arriving in in uh in london mm, between it's the fantastic. weather and the traffic not that easy <laughs> so i try and get out of my bike uh, to, uh out, out north london on my bike uh, riding uh, i tend to ride on my own and of course i have now fallen in love and i have had for almost a year now a peloton bike i don't know if you've heard of these peloton oh, bikes
0: nice. yes, uh, I have.
1: even to the point that i'm i can proudly tell you i've even got my wife uh, to um uh, to, to, to get on the bike, which has been a massive feat for me, but I'm very pleased to see that she, she loves it and she she enjoys it as and the peloton bike is, is made for someone, you know, with my kind of personality. I love the stats. I love making yeah. sure that I know exactly how many kilojoules I've 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 used and and how many calories I've burnt and all and how far and I've you gone know and how, how much
0: far, wine you can drink. Uh, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> there we go. Um, that's exactly right. So I think from a from a, a um from that perspective I'm I'm good uh, from a health perspective in terms of mindset and and you know and mindfulness and mm. I love the word mindfulness. I think um and the um I'm I, as i said earlier i 'm very self aware and I think i 've been able to use that to my advantage i'm i'm i've become i think quite good at compartmentalizing issues and and then giving a certain rationale to them so I have a way of of if you' like recalibrating my doubts my fears my thoughts when and being aware when i when i am and knowing the difference between when I can handle these things on my own mm-hmm. um, and acknowledging when i need to seek help when i need to nice. seek outside counsel i think that's very very important and this goes to this idea i think scott you were talking to scott about the idea of vulnerability and you know how important that is and i think uh, for me i have learned uh, that pride is 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 a is both a horrible and a great thing um, and when i say the horrible thing is it's the pride should never get in the way of you being able to share your own fears uh, and your own vulnerabilities with those around you, and not just with you, with your, your your boss or those above you or your peers, but with the people around you, people you work with, uh, people below you, um, the people who work yeah. for you, reported to you. It, it, is, um, it is it is it's uh, vulnerability is central to uh, our being as uh, to us as human beings, mm. and without acknowledging that, how do we how do we grow? So, I, I think. I cope with vulnerability and I cope with uh, that mindfulness uh, by, by by acknowledging when I need to reach out for help and not being scared to do it. And I'm not really scared to do it. As an immigrant, sorry to go on one step further, but as an immigrant, one of the sacrifices you make is that you leave behind those dearest to you, those closest mm-hmm. to you. You know, mum and dad have passed, uh, and dad would have been my first point of point of, point of call. But you don 't make the same quality mates along the way, and I accept that, but you know when your business is growing at one hundred percent and you don 't know how to cope with it other than self medicate with alcohol, which mm-hmm. i I have done to be honest at, at times, mm-hmm. who do you talk to and you want to reach out to your best mates, you want to talk to someone who who knows you, trusts you, and you don't have access to those people because they're just not there so I've had to learn to at at times in my career in my my in my life. Except that i need to get uh professional help which i've sought at times i've been to i've had a professional coach at times in my life and it's been a a, you know, a wonderful thing for me to be able to release uh, to someone uh, who understands even objectively mm-hmm. the things that i've okay. been going through so very long-winded response my apologies
0: no but beautiful that you touched on the vulnerability piece and nice to hear you know, a guy talk about it with such heart because, you know, that's rare. Um, so I love the fact that you've, you've touched on that. And, and we're, we're at the part of the podcast now where we're going to have a bit of fun because you know that we play the five second game rule. And, uh, and I do this just for my kids because it's their favorite game. So I'm going to ask you a question and you're going to give me three answers in five seconds. Okay, Rich, you're all over this. I can feel it. I know that you're going to be fab. <laughs> okay, so are you ready, Mike? Yep. Rub the hands. I think so. <laughs> Get yourself fired up. In the five-second game rule, can you give me three things that you are grateful for?
1: Um, my wife, uh, my kids, and the company I work for.
0: Boom! Totally on fire. So we'll do another one. Can you give me, in the five-second game rule? Three things that drive you bonkers.
1: drive mean, you bonkers. uh people who don't stay at home when they should okay uh, bad drivers and 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 uh, what's up <laughs> cyclists who, who don't who are not not courteous there we are <laughs> pressure
0: brilliant I love that and I love that you've got the people who won't stay at home thing i I'd, I'd have um noisy eating on there as well. <laughs> I'm not a fan of noisy eating Mike You did very well there I'm, I'm very impressed <laughs> And so we are at that time I can't wait to hear what you're going to say for this Because it's the killer question It's the one that everybody wants to know mm. And that is In your view What is the ultimate secret to success?
1: Um, the ultimate secret to success um, It's a series I think, Of things I think um, Angela, don't give in to fear And to look at life with eyes of wonder and when, and when you look in the mirror, to recognize and like the, the person you see, their body of work and, and whether they've been able to make their dad proud.
0: Oh, wow. And around every corner, there's a delight. I just, that phrase that you used earlier has hit me. And, and you've said all the way through this a, a few times, actually, you've used the term heart store. It's not a term that I've heard before. I love it. But I have to say, I feel heartful um, after spending just over half an hour talking to you. It's been an absolute pleasure. You really do have this way of coining a phrase. In a way that I haven't heard before, I would recommend that you write a book because I think it would (laughs) be fabulous. Um, It's been a joy. Thank you so much for giving your time and all of your wisdom. Thank you.
1: Thanks for having me. um, Much much appreciated. And uh, regards to all your listeners. Thank you.
0: Lovely. Thank you very, very much. And take good care.
1: Take care. Thank you. Bye
0: bye. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode and do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.